Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. Great to have you with me again on episode 190 of our podcast. Here every week to help us overcome life's challenges. Our podcast designed to help us overcome, love, live, lead in a healthy way. So glad that you are with me again. To any new listeners, welcome to our podcast family and to all of you regulars. So glad to have you with me again. My name is Lance Bain. If you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com. There's a bio page. You can stream our podcast. You can find the multiple platforms that we are are streaming and where we are located as well. There are many other resources available, and uh, hopefully they would add some value to you. Hey, I'd love to hear from you as well. You can email me through the website, LanceBain.com. I would love to know how this podcast is helping you and encouraging you. And uh, it would mean a lot to me. I want to do, we want to do something here that adds value to us as leaders. We have experienced and we hear too many stories of toxic leadership. And our goal is to help us live, lead, and overcome life's everyday challenges. And that's why we are here today. Hey, today I want to talk to you about an interesting topic. I'm not for sure if maybe you've heard a topic today like this. It's certainly a rare topic, I think. It's not one I often hear talked about in the realm of leadership. What I want to talk to you today, when I answer the question, why have a cultural glossary? Or maybe another way is, why have a leadership glossary? Or why have a cultural glossary? It's an interesting topic. I'm going to explain to you a little bit what I mean by a cultural glossary or a leadership glossary. I came across this many years ago, browsing the website of a 501c3, and I noticed that they had a cultural glossary. And I thought, wow, what is that? And when I began to browse through their cultural glossary, I felt like I found a gold mine. And so I want to share with you the gold mine of why you should have a cultural glossary. A glossary is an alphabetical list of terms or words found in or relating to a specific subject or text or dialect. There's explanations. You could describe a glossary as a brief dictionary, and that definition comes from dictionary.com. A cultural glossary is when you and your team, or leadership glossary is when you and your team have identified a list of terms words that are found relating to your culture, relating to your leadership context, relating to a specific subject, and you bring explanation, you bring definition to these terms. I have found in leading that so much misunderstanding and so much momentum is lost. Momentum is lost, misunderstanding increases, when you don't take time to define the terms and the words that are important to your culture and to your leadership context. And I want to give you seven reasons why you need a leadership glossary, why you need a cultural glossary. Now, this is a a document that is going to be critical for you to work with others. This isn't something you want to do alone. All right. So let me give you seven reasons why you need a cultural glossary or a leadership glossary. Reason number one is collaboration. We at the organization I work at and in my leadership context, I actually sit down with 
team members and we work on certain terms. We know that in my context, if you've listened to the podcast as a church context, on any given weekend, hundreds of people are here, and therefore there are hundreds of microcultures that are showing up. There are hundreds, possibly, of different nuanced, uh, a variety of definitions around terms. In In a faith context, we generally operate out of the Bible, and the Bible has its own definition of these certain terms and what they mean, and we want to bring understanding and clarity and application and insight to these terms, but we also recognize that there is nuance within cultural expression of these terms. There's nuance in the interpretation. There's nuance within the application of these terms, and so we need to create a cultural glossary, and what a cultural glossary does is it invites collaboration. It invites dialogue. It invites discussion. It invites, you know, working together, even if there's disagreement, so that you can find a win-win. So developing a cultural glossary has this often hidden and maybe unexpected benefit of collaboration. You're building relational strength as you work on together a cultural glossary. Here's reason number two why you need a cultural glossary, and it is to uh, provide for you a, uh, a starting point for uh, rewarding your team. Let me say it that way. It's a starting point for rewarding your team. So if someone were to go to my uh, church website, not my personal website, but our church website, near the bottom of the homepage, there's a small little phrase there, cultural glossary, and if you click it, it's going to open up a page of alphabetized terms, terms that we have worked together as reason number one in collaboration. But what the cultural glossary does is it allows us to promote this glossary, to publish this glossary, and to if, if, if wanted, actually create cultural rewards around the glossary, not just in the sense of people memorizing what the terms are and what, how you've defined these terms, but the embodiment of these terms. That's the power of a cultural glossary. You're defining through your values, through your codebook or your glossary, through your mission, vision, your just cause statement, Simon Sinek says. Through all of this, you're creating a picture of what you want your ministry, your leadership, your volunteers, your organization, your family to embody and to personify and to say, hey, when you have a cultural glossary, everyone can recognize if you're living outside of those defined terms as you currently define them. You can also create rewards. It brings a sense of accountability. And so when you create a cultural glossary, you're basically saying to everyone, hey, here's what success looks like. Here's what embodying our culture looks like, sounds like, tastes like, feels like. This is what it's going to do. This is such a powerful place. Now, I can imagine some of you saying, wow, this is way too intentional, too cumbersome, maybe even a bit of micromanaging. I promise you, if you do the hard work on the front end of beginning to define these terms, lay them out in a collaborative effort and define them that creates a win-win for everybody, and you begin to lay them out, the cultural glossary serves like a third-party objective voice, like an like a, a, a overseer that sort of looks in and says, hey, everyone's doing really well around the culture, or hey, some of us are falling short, some of us are really excelling. So the cultural glossary, you promote it, you publish it, but it creates a wonderful starting point for rewards and accountability. 
Here's the third reason for a cultural glossary. It is your foundation for development. A cultural glossary becomes an immediate tool, an immediate uh, content provider and generator for your development of your team. I remember in the early days of my organization, I've been here nine and a half years, we began to talk about leader, leader this, leader that. And often a leader just meant someone who was overseeing a specific area of responsibility, overseeing its implementation, its execution, the volunteers, scheduling, uh, problem solving, something like that. But we began to recognize that we don't want leaders just to be people who can make sure everybody shows up or schedule something. We wanted a leader to be someone who develops. So an example in our cultural glossary, a leader is someone who develops others with integrity through relationship. So if you're not developing someone else, you're not a leader in our culture because we've defined a leader as someone who develops others with integrity through relationship. Very powerful definition that works for our culture. When you begin to create a definition like that, it is a launching point for development. It is a foundation for development. So a simple example of like that, a leader is the development of others. So that creates so much space for coaching and development and discipleship and mentoring and accountability and delegation and, and, and how do you do development and what are the steps of development and who are the others and why are they the others? What is their character? What is their charisma? What is their competency? And then when you talk about doing it with integrity, it begins to involve your own character, your own charisma, your own competency, your own responsibility, your own maturity, and through relationship. That has a whole nother context about uh, accountability and trust and commitment and accessibility and availability. You can see how our simple definition of leader leadership in our cultural glossary is a wonderful foundation for development, and there are lots of terms in our cultural glossary. So when you develop a cultural glossary, you are giving yourself a lot of content and a common working definition for the development of other people around that definition. It deepens its understanding. It allows others to own it and to have their own experience and their own contribution to it. It allows everyone to be accountable to the same thing. Powerful three reasons for why we should have a cultural glossary. Here is reason number four, agreement. I just hit on this. When you have a cultural glossary, you're working hard towards unity and agreement. That leadership definition that I just shared with you, that took a, a lot of, it took a long time to come up with. I say a long time, you know, less than a day. Like we had an all staff meeting and we were working through some of these terms. And so it probably took us a, a two or three hours together a group of, uh, I don't know, six or seven of us, to come up with that definition because everybody had a, something that was important to them in the idea of leadership. And so we're throwing a lot of things on a glass board and we're trying to consolidate things. Does this term actually capture these terms? And so we work through a consolidation of terms, looking for an umbrella term that is flexible and deep and rich and has lots of exploration within that term. And so we spent several hours just working on that. And what I love about it is we're all in agreement. Like, this is what we said yes to. This is what this term means. And we're all saying yes to it. We're all buying into it. I remember a mentor, a leader I had one time, he said, it's, you cannot have buy-in without weigh-in. 
And when you allow weigh-in, you get buy-in. And when you allow weigh-in, you get agreement. When you allow weigh-in, you can find unity. You have to work towards it. You have to dialogue. You have to listen. You have to work um, trust each other in that conversation. Don't break your connection, but you may have difficulty. You may have friction. You may have even disagreement in what you're working towards, but in the end, what you're looking for is not disagreement, but agreement. You want agreement and unity. Very, very powerful for your organization, for your family. Reason number five, this is a breathing document. I love our cultural glossary because We'll work on a term, and and we'll have it defined, and we feel good about it. And with the current insight and understanding that we have, it is a good cultural glossary. It is a good term with a workable definition that is adding value to our organization, to our culture, to our leadership context. But what we also know is that these terms are living and breathing, that we may gain new insight through experiences. We may recognize over time that our definition is too limited or too narrow or it's, it doesn't have enough clarity, enough specificity, or maybe it's just simply being misapplied. And so I want you to understand that the fifth reason you should have a cultural glossary is because you need a breathing, living document, uh, uh, terms that are going to be beneficial for your culture, but are also going to allow for more to be amended and to grow and to develop in their own right. The more I grow and learn about leadership, the more I come back to our cultural glossary and say, does our term for leadership need to be amended? Is there something in this that needs to be added, changed, tweaked, nuanced, or even taken away? In one example of our cultural glossary. When you create this cultural glossary, you're saying to everyone around you, everyone, we breathe corporately this cultural glossary. We inhale its understanding. We inhale its accountability. We inhale the collaboration. We inhale the agreement. And then we exhale its execution and its embodiment and its personification. What a powerful idea happens then in your organization when you're talking about the development of a cultural glossary. You may be wondering, where do I even <laughs> begin developing a cultural glossary? I would say take the key terms within your vision, mission statement, whatever you may have, or your, your family values, your family goal, even within your own marriage. You may have a purpose statement for your marriage or a personal purpose statement that you have. Take some of those key terms and begin to define them. Use a dictionary, uh, use a thesaurus and find other words that, that have similar meaning and begin to explore these words. And then uh, for the, my friends that are filled with of, of a faith and followers of Jesus, begin to pray into it and find scriptures and passages that speak to these core ideas, these core values, these core truths, these core principles And then you begin to find through all of this language and through experience and through dialogue, you begin to create beautiful, helpful, working, breathing, flexible definitions in your cultural glossary. And I would just encourage you to start with some key terms and key core values. Okay, reason number six on why you should have a cultural glossary, clarity. Misunderstanding can create such a loss of momentum It can create unnecessary relational conflict. It can cause you to waste resources and waste time. Without clarity, you're left with assumption. 
Without clarity, you're left with everyone bringing their own cultural glossary to a situation, and they think that your cultural glossary is like theirs, so they operate out of assumption or speculation. There's no need to clarify. There's no need to be curious. There's no need to ask questions. There's no need to work towards agreement because what we intuitively assume is that when we say leader, everyone thinks the same thing. Oh, it's the most charismatic person or the most extroverted person or the smartest person or the person highest up in the organization, or the person with the most experience, when in reality it may be something completely different. When you define and work on a cultural glossary, you say to your organization, to your family, to your marriage, to your ministry, to your church, we're all operating with this definition. Others are still free to have their definition, but when you as a leader use a certain term like leader, everyone knows what you're talking about because everyone in your organization, your family has a cultural glossary. If you're a mom or a dad and you want to have in your cultural glossary honesty or loyal or commitment or responsibility, these kinds of words that are so important to a family, define that with your children, define that with your significant friends, your spouse, whoever it may be. Define these things and, and let it be fun and do this something together so everyone knows our lives are being guided by a, a rudder that will bring something beautiful and powerful and long-lasting to your culture, to your family, to your marriage, to your organization. You want clarity. Clarity is so important, and you, and you have to wrestle for it, and you have to cut through some muddy things, some messy things, some confusing things, but I promise you, clarity is worth that kind of effort. Okay, let me give you the last reason on why you should have a cultural glossary. It is because it is expected. It is expected. This is what you expect of people. When you define a cultural glossary, you say, hey, this is what I expect from everybody. As a leader, you want to clarify expectations. You don't want people... If you've set the bar in one place and they're attaining a bar that is set lower, you don't want them you know, walking around like, man, I did it, I did it, and they haven't reached your expectation yet. Nor do you, if, you're, if their expectation is higher than yours, you're wondering why when they've already achieved or have accomplished what you want, are they still striving and working hard for more? It's because expectation hasn't been defined. A cultural glossary defines expectations. And you have to continue to return to this even though it's a breathing document, and you may not be amending the terms, we as people have a tendency to drift away from these terms into our own code book, into our own thing. We have a tendency to drift to, like water, we want the path of least resistance. And sometimes the code book provides necessary resistance. The cultural glossary provides necessary resistance for us. And the cultural glossary will create expectations. And so when I have you know, staff members and say, hey, we have this leader, da, 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 then I can immediately say, okay, you use the term leader, and I appreciate where you're coming from on that. Help me understand what you mean by that term. Let's remember what we've defined in the cultural glossary, that it is someone developing others through relationship with integrity. Is that what you're saying they're doing? Because if that's what they're doing, then amen, they're a leader. Let's run for it. Let's figure out how to help them be super successful. But if that's not what they're doing, then let's not call them a leader because we're going to create confusion. And we start creating multiple expectations 
we diminish the bar of clarity, we create confusion, and it just becomes a mess. So seven reasons on why you should have a cultural glossary. Collaboration. It also allows you to have a platform for giving away rewards. It's a foundation for development. Agreement. Reason number four. It is a living, breathing document, so you have continued involvement and investment in that document. Reason number six is clarity, and reason number seven is it defines expectations for everyone else. Did you know this much was in a cultural glossary? I love a cultural glossary. I think it's a, it's a hidden secret to great leadership and being effective in leadership, and I hope it helps you as well. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay healthy, stay hopeful. I'll see you next week.